Welcome to The Dealmaker Show, the number one place for entrepreneurs and dealmakers to learn about leveraging and generating status, frame control, and narrative power to close big deals. Here is your host, investment banker, deal-making expert, and best-selling author of Pitch Anything and Flip the Script, Mr. Oren Claff. I'm Oren Claff, and this is The Dealmaker Podcast. I'm here with Tony DiMatteo and the CEO and founder of Lottery.com, which is fascinating to me. And I got to put it to you right off the bat. Is this a sin company, right? Is this tobacco, alcohol, lasers, um, you know, for, uh, for fighting forces, uh, hack, uh, you know, hacking, lottery tickets? Is this on the sin side? Why does the world need Lottery.com? Well, that's a good question. Um, well, we're not lasers. We don't we don't have any lasers, but I, I would like to get lasers if we can get them. Um, but, you know, like, honestly, like I, I see us as sort of an entertainment company or, or a media company, really, um, which is that, you know, we we let people play the games that they already like right now, which is like, you know, Powerball, Mega Millions, state games, et cetera. And they can do that from their phone. It's just a way it, it honestly, all we're doing is taking something that's like a, a legacy industry um, which is paper-based. You you walk in with paper money, you walk out with a paper ticket, uh, and that's how the game has been for a very long time. All we're doing is just making that available to everybody, uh, you know, through their phone. So here's the question I have. You've been doing this for six years. Yeah, that's right. And by the way, here's not the question I have. I have a million questions. Because if you thought there was going to be like, oh, I got to jump on with this guy, what, Oren, 15 minutes, and I go, no, you're going to be in here for four hours. I have a million questions. Right. All right. I love it. So, so six years ago, how similar, when you started, how similar is what you are today to the vision that you started with? That's a good question. So, you know, when when we started, actually, uh, uh, my co-founder, Matt Clementson, he gets the credit for having the idea for the company, right, which was like he, he was um, – on like a Christmas break, he went to his mother-in-law's and uh, he was, when she's disabled, so she, so he goes through, he does like all the handyman stuff, you know, like around the house. He went through her glove box and it was stuffed with Powerball tickets, you know, like that were that were expired. And so his, his thought was like, well, it's, it's a little bit crazy that like, you know, people are playing and maybe they won. Like you, you might have a billion dollar ticket in your glove box, but nobody knows about it and because you just, you forget about it, and and so that was like the 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 very ember, the the start of the actual idea. And so the idea was like, how do we actually make lottery available to absolutely everybody and bring it online? And you know, the the lottery is such a a legacy industry. You know, it's you walk in with paper money, you walk out with paper ticket, and that's the entire transaction. And then if you remember to actually check your numbers after the fact, then maybe maybe you won, maybe you didn't. And so. That was sort of the idea, and it was—it's such a giant market uh, of what's possible. Like we—we we just I, at the time I was running an IT company that catered to like VCs in the Valley. Matt was running a concierge company. It's actually the one of the largest in the world. Um, we both just like threw all that away and just dove into to this. No lottery experience, no gaming experience. It's just we we realized like this is the opportunity of our lives. We we need to go do this 100. percent Oh my God. So what, let me ask a question. Was it hard? Well, That's absolutely. The question. I know you're waiting for more <laughs> of the question. Like, where's, where's the rest of the question? That's it. Was it hard? 
Um, it was incredibly hard uh, in so many different ways, I guess, you know, is, is, is one is, Oh, how do we do this? Right. Like what's a legal way to like play the lottery online. That was a huge hill to climb. Um, and then for us personally is, is obviously I, I I'm just a hardcore entrepreneur. I, I like, I, I barely graduated high school. Uh, I didn't do any college and I just got into tech because I thought like, this is the future. I'm going to go do this. And when I met Matt, uh, my co-founder is uh, sort of our thesis. We were both running, you know, separate companies at the time is, is uh, we should be number one, best friends forever. And we're just going to split everything we ever do. Uh, um, but the, uh, I'll say this, our thesis was we should build things that should exist or that are inevitable to exist. Like things that are going to happen no matter what, like, you know, just in, in the long trend of, of the of the world and the universe, what are those trends going to be and how can we be the people who build that? And so eventually, you know, and we built some actually very cool tech in, in totally unrelated spaces and we got some patents on that and it was awesome. But it was uh, once we found lottery, it was sort of like this is like the the biggest pie that we can imagine, and we have an opportunity to go and do this. And so, like maybe we'll be the guys that go build this. And so, we did it. And uh, I'll say we're the right combination of smart, stupid, and stubborn uh, to go and do this, right? Because everybody told us originally there's no way you can do this. Like nobody is ever going to allow you to do this. Uh, you know, no state is going to allow you to operate. Um, but we were, we were, we were smart enough to sort of understand the, the world and then see what's, what's possible. And we were dumb enough to just like ignore everybody who told us no. And we were just stubborn as fuck and said like, we're, we're going to make this thing happen. And so that's how you do things. This is what I tell my little boy. He's a race car driver. Well, he's, he, he's seven years old. Oh, awesome. My son's six and a half. Uh, oh, awesome. really? I love it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so I, I want to hear about him just really quickly. My, my son is, is seven years old and he, uh, drives formula five, which looks like a go-kart. These things go 65 miles an hour. I mean, it's, it's insane, but this is what I tell him. A straight road does not make a skilled driver. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Get right. fast in the turns. I know you can go fast on the back straight hits 61 seven years old hits 61 miles an hour in the back straight right that's not going to yeah. make you a driver like right. what makes you a Anyone driver is the, is the hard part the the, yeah. the turn straight roads don't make skilled drivers well tell tell me about your son what does he do oh well well one it's like he's so much smarter than i was when i was his age i was like i just remember oh, no. being a, a very stupid kid right like yeah. I, I was so dumb <laughs> through most of my life you know and he's He's so much smarter and just better than I am. Is like he's just a a kind person who you know he's he's all about sharing and understands things and understands life and it's it's wild. It's like even just understanding like life and death and like what happens. So it's just, he's like so far ahead of me than I was and all of that, which I'm very encouraged by. Is like he's just a overall. I didn't reach his level of maturity until I was probably well into my twenties, right? Like he's just a. I, I totally agree. Like person. I like. I have a life coach and a spiritual advisor. It's my seven-year-old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's good. They check you, right? Like, you, you know, uh, all the time, like, I'll say something and he's like, you know, daddy, that's that's a bad word. You shouldn't say that. Why'd you say this to this person? I'm like, 
you know, you're right. I, I shouldn't have said that. Like he's uh he's a better person than I will ever be probably. Yeah. A fant so fantastic. And what sports or activities does he do? Well, you know, I mean, because of the, because of COVID, he's sort of been limited to a lot of that. I mean, he's, he's big into video games, obviously, because that's like an easy thing. Like yeah. really he's been digital since he was six months old. You know, like he, when he was six months old, he could like swipe an iPad, unlock it, go find the things he, he, the apps that he likes, which like taught him, you know, like uh, colors and, and letters and numbers and, and blocks and games and all this stuff. And um, separate from all the lottery stuff, like I, I think the, like the future of education is definitely online at like the earliest age. Like literally, the, my point is like how much smarter he is than I was. Like I could not have unlocked an iPad when I was six months old. There's no way, right? But like this is the, the world that he's, you know, born into and he's, he, he's so adaptable to it. And, and I don't think we understand what humans are capable of at a, at a young age. And okay, at, well, so let, let me tell you what humans yeah. are capable of. Uh, I got my son into the school for X-Men here in Rancho Santa Fe. Like we visited the school campus and like kids taking their glasses wow. off and like, you know, looking at um, um, structures and blowing them up. And then a little girl's going like this and freezing a wall of water. Yeah. Right. And then other kids are like, uh, hey, you shouldn't be thinking those thoughts and reading my So it's a school for X-Men. Like, and and the, wow. the principal comes out floating on a levitating chair. And, <laughs> and so uh, he passed all the tests, but they give him the, the he failed the te the academic test. I'm like, I don't know. He's on a feeder school for the school for X-Men. I don't know how he failed the test, right? Yeah. And I go, tell me about this test. They're like, yeah, it's very straightforward. We sit him down at a computer, right? And I wait. I'm sorry, does it have a mouse or anything? Like, yeah, there's a mouse. And I go, okay, he's never used a mouse. It's just, right. you know, five years old. And so we had to teach him how to use a mouse in a computer so he could get in the school. <laughs> so exact opposite kid. They'd be your your son and my son would be good friends. So you're 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 you know crypto, you know hacking, you know gaming, uh, and you're a technologist, and all those things led your partner to seek you out. So you're basically a technical founder because you can't have lottery.com online without a technical founder. You got the guy with the idea. And then he's like, I'm going to go, oh shit, I don't know how to code. I need Tony. So Tony comes in and you have the, the, the founder and the technical founder. You guys have the idea. You run into all kinds of legal hurdles. Like, but by the way, I don't know the story, but I've heard the story, you know, a hundred yeah. times. Um, and it's a fantastic story. You run into legal hurdles. People tell you, you can't do it. And you're like, well, we're too dumb to know that we can't do it. So we're just going to go ahead and do it. And we'll let you yeah. know when it's done, but goodbye. And so you plowed ahead, you know, on that basis and people go, well, it's going to be really hard. And you go, hard is my business. Okay. <laughs> right. uh, where do I sign? Oh, it's hard. Where do I sign up for that? Uh, you know, the meme uh, where they put the Viking up or the guy from Game of Thrones and it's, uh, you know, oh, um, low, uh, uh, zero chance of success and certain death. Let's go. I'm in. I'm in. No. So, so you headed down that. Yeah. Uh, and, and so now tell us what lottery.com is today so we can put it in a box and get excited about it sure sure so i'll, I'll say um when matt and i met like i think we're we were we're very similar people right like uh, definitely like this was one of his ideas but I, it actually sort of flipped a little bit um meaning i sort of were i was i was forced to become to to learn how to be a storyteller and how to you know do the pitch and how to raise money and to be the the front man for all of that. I'm actually a terrible programmer. I, I, I'm I'm uh, the worst PHP developer in the world. And I only learned that because like I wanted to figure something out. 
Um, so it's, it's a little bit different than sort of, I think the traditional, you know, you have a, you have a, you know, you have two co-founders, one's the front man, one's the, the tech guy. Sure. Matt and I were very similar. Um, and we were just sort of forced, forced to go different directions. And I sort of became the, the front man for that. And my education the last six years has been about um, how do you tell a story? Because I think that is the most important skill set that you can ever learn is, is telling a story because we're all wired to, to tell. So, so I have a question for you sure. on that, which just, I mean, it, it's going to sound crazy and out of nowhere, but um, how do you tell a story? Good question. So how do you tell a story? Um, so the first question that you have to ask yourself is like, why should anybody care about the story you're telling? Right. So like it, it has to, at all times be compelling and uh, all that anybody wants. Like if you just put yourself in the, in the, the spot of, you know, who's either reading it or listening to it or whatever is like, why should I care? And, and if you can't keep that up, you know, consistently, then nobody's, people are going to just like stop listening or stop reading, et cetera. Um, and so, well, I'll say like in the, in the terms of, you know, like deal making or pitching, et cetera, is um, that's incredibly important, uh, obviously. And, and, but uh, also, uh, you know, we're all, we're, we are all wired to not only tell stories, but to um, absorb information through stories, you know, and, to, you know, back to like historic days is, is like, if, if you cannot tell a story, you're not getting your point across. Um, and so the, like the, I'll say the, the model that I love a lot, by the way, I love your books and they've been incredibly influential of like how I tell stories, you know, like all of it. Um, but for me, it's, uh, I'll, I'll say I'm trying to just like distill this whole thing is, uh, say where you were, where you are, have some sort of like hook after that and then where you're going. Right. Because what, what people want to know, especially like in a, in a, in a pitch or any type of deal is like, what is the vision going forward of all of this? So, and I'll say the, the best, if you, if you want to like study storytelling, read the Gettysburg address like a hundred times. Uh, I know that sounds weird, but uh, the Gettysburg address, it's, it's two minutes. If you, if you read it out loud, it's, it's about two minutes. Um, and so like, you know, Lincoln did that. The, the speaker that came before him talked for about two and a half hours. Nobody like history does not remember who that person was, he was a general. Um, but he just talked and talked and talked about all these things. And this is sort of a, a lesson in brevity, but also in, in storytelling. But the what what Lincoln does in, in that short two minutes is he says, you know, here we were, you know, four score and seven years ago, our forefathers, et cetera. And then he Oh wait, says, doesn't it start doesn't it start but soft, what light through yonder window breaks? <laughs> yeah, on. That, that might but Juliet. Right. Oh, oh, that's sorry. That was the other. That was the other. Get that's the right. other one. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I thought that's how it yeah. went, but I, I think you're yeah. right with your version. Yes. Yeah. So it, you know, it's like uh, uh, here we were, and now here we are. We're here to commemorate this this event, right? And all that happened here. And then there's a sense of renewal, right? He talks about like you know, here's what we need to happen. And then he talks about the future. So for me, like a, a lot of like my influence is, uh, you know, if you're telling a story, obviously you have to have a protagonist and, and what you're doing, which is usually you, especially if you're doing a pitch of, about whatever you're doing, but it's, um, this is where we were, this is where we are, and here's where we're going. And the idea is like, you, to the audience is you wanna be part of this story, right? Yeah. And so if you can sort of hook them into that, then they, they wanna be part of it. And whether they're partners or investors or what have you, then like, that that's that's what you want but like in in the anyways at the highest level it's the way to tell a story is where you were where you are and where you're going 
that's that's very powerful just at the like root of all things so um i've now asked two of my 998,000 questions but to tell us the story of lottery.com in today's terms so we can get excited about it sure um you know so we started about 6 years ago uh it took us 5 years to get five states open right it's a, basically meaning like you can actually play the lottery from your phone um, in the last year, we've opened up seven states. And so, uh, and a lot of it, honestly, like whatever the silver lining of COVID is, is that once the quarantine happened, people now cannot walk in with a paper money and walk out with a paper ticket. And so all of the states have realized like, oh, we cannot continue business as usual. We have to go online. We have to modernize. Like that's the, like back to your point, here's like the the trends that actually force things to happen uh, is you, you don't have a choice anymore. And so, you know, we, we were in 12 states now. We look to open up another five to 10 probably this year. And uh, also we're very aggressive on international expansion. And also just, uh, I'll say this, our, again, like what our long-term vision is, is to become a global marketplace for games of chance, uh, whatever those are. And those can be, you know, there's multiple types of games that can be considered games of chance. Oh, ga- so games can- of chance, like, like my life, like the outcome of my life. For example, maybe, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, game of chance, you know, that I'm currently playing. Um, it's very difficult to win. And, uh, you know, the emotional lows are, uh, you know, incredible. And it just takes everything to get up in the morning and play that game. Oh, I'm sorry. Too much. Too much information. <laughs> no, that's perfect. That's <laughs> what, perfect. <laughs> what, are the, what are the other games of chance? Uh, you oh, know. Well, it could be, um, you know, like casino games, sweepstakes, daily fantasy, sports booking. Um, sort of yeah. sports betting, all, all of that are, are games of chance, effectively. Um, and so, uh, just think of us as sort of like, uh, like, like an Amazon, right? It, like our, our vision is to just be a global marketplace for all of these, you know, players. And you know, wherever you are on the planet, you open up our app. We have a, in my opinion, I think we have the best, you know, URL and, and domain and brand that we can possibly have. Our, uh, our name is literally our industry. Like we are lottery. Um, and so whatever that means is we can sort of onboard and, and bring them under the tent of lottery.com, which I think is the benefit of everybody. So lottery is notorious for crazy, like you win the, for crazy stories. Guy wins a lottery, uh, moves to Texas, builds a castle, you know, buys some real cannons, attacks the, you know, the castle with real cannons yeah. and has knights and horses running around, but is also building a spaceship and, you know, has lasers and, and that's just the beginning. Like people win lotteries go bonkers. Yeah. Tell us a, a lottery story that strikes your mind as exciting, interesting, weird, strange, compelling. Sure. Well, you know, um, well, that's a good question. So I, I think definitely like that, that is sort of the wrap on, on lottery winners who are, who are people who are sort of thrust in the, into the limelight and have a lot more cash than they know what to do with. Uh, well, you know, one is. Oh, oh they know what to do with it. They know what to do with it. The step <laughs> one is go to eBay. Step two yeah, right? is pick yeah. one of these three categories, Vikings, weapons, and, um, you know, military uh, you know, paraphernalia and Pokemon cards, and then sort by highest price and click buy it now. So they know what to do with it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, you know, well, 
uh, that brings up a lot of stories, you know, like I, I, I would uh, honestly like a, a side story. I love what Elon is doing with his money, uh, which is crazy shit, right? Like he, he yeah. is doing stuff that I, in my opinion, all billionaires should be doing, like build flamethrowers, figure out how to like burrow underground, like, you know, build a, your own city. Like that's what Elon is doing with his yeah. capital. And, and I, I love all of that. Right. But like back to like lottery winners. Uh, so, so one is. Uh, it, it, I'm sure it, it, it's a shock if all of a sudden you're, you're worth, you know, 50, 60 million dollars. So, so we have a program that, let, you know, it, when we've had a, a million dollar winner, we haven't had a, a huge winner, like a, you know, 50 million dollar plus yeah. winner. But to have that uh, at least, you know, fully paid for um, education, have a financial advisor, figure out what you want to do, at least take a breather, right? Like, like honestly, my advice is to like, if you win the lottery, take a big breath, right? Because like your world is going to change. It's it's like being famous, you know, it just out of the gate and you have to really take some distance, get some perspective on what your future is going to be. Otherwise things are, are not going to be good. But that's one of the reasons we exist is to help mature all of this. It, so much of it has been sort of state by state, you know, nobody really has a handle on like how to help people. And, and also a lot of people don't believe that people who win a whole bunch of money need some help, but they absolutely do need some help, you know, like, uh, and so to just bring some sanity to the entire marketplace, like that's, that's part of what we do. Well, just you send them over to me. Uh, I will help them. I'll tell that's you, uh, true story, you know, in the deal business, uh, when I had a partner, you know, the, you don't do 30 deals a year, you one or two deals a year in a small firm, uh, low volume, when you win, the paydays are quite big. And so my partner, you know, we closed maybe two deals a year and pretty soon he'd bought a house and a Rolls Royce and had an airplane and there's yeah. and there's really nothing else left to buy for him. And so we would close a deal. He'd make a couple million bucks, you know, or more on it. And he would start rifling through the newspaper and he'd find a really hard luck story. And he'd call up his, uh, press agent or, you know, the guy worked for us and he'd go contact his family, bring me all their medical bills, all of them. Yeah. And he'd come in with everything and he'd just pay them all down to zero and no newspaper, didn't want any press on it. Like sure. and he's really not that guy. This is why I'm telling the story. I mean, he's not anyway, this is recorded and going to be on the internet for forever so let me just but that's not the first thing you know when you close a deal the first thing that pops in your mind is not sure but but eventually that's just where he ended up he'd just find hard luck stories in the newspaper and go get me all their medical bills and and um that became you know the the thing he did with his winnings and i learned i learned a lot from that 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 lottery winners could take under advisement no yeah absolutely you know and um also, you know, one of the things that we've started, it's called Win Together. You can go to like wintogether.org to see this is a charitable sweepstakes platform, uh, meaning if you donate $10, we give you 10 sweepstakes entries into winning something awesome. But the, it's that's honestly just a, a mechanism. If you already care about a cause, we just want to give you the, you know, the reason to sort of pull the trigger on that, the incentive to do it. Um, but, you know, like the, the our pilot campaign is with the Arbor Day Foundation. They plant trees. They've they've planted you know millions of trees over the last fifty years. Uh, but whatever you're doing, and and I think that's very core to our ethos is is win together. Meaning, whatever game you're playing, ultimately that will benefit uh, you know somebody in need. 
uh, and that's uh, honestly true of the lottery, that's sort of a misconception, is that about 30% of whatever you're spending in your lottery ticket, if you're spending a dollar, about 30 cents actually goes to your local, uh, your your state, you know, usually in the education department, sometimes veterans, et cetera. Um, and, I, and I won't claim that all of that money is spent wisely, um, but that's a, another reason of, of why we're here is to sort of bring transparency into how those lottery dollars are actually spent state by state, government by government, and as we bring transparency, we can bring accountability. That's just sort of a natural follow-on. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense, but like- Yeah, it does, Tony, you know. but I, I do feel like your Win Together uh, program is a bit of a criticism of my program, which is Lose Together, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's just like, all my friends are very familiar with it. Uh, yeah, yep, yep. One thing I love about living in San Diego is we have uh, in Miramar, we have jet overflights. Like it's really hard to run a business because all afternoon when the jets fly over, like you cannot have a phone conversation. You can't concentrate. It's just it just shakes your bones. But the great thing is you go, yeah, my taxes, you know, like, oh, you're driving <laughs> on a road. You have a fire department, you know, yeah. F-16, yeah, exactly. F-22 Raptors flying over. Uh <laughs> And uh, <laughs> there was um, there was a band called Pretty Boy Floyd. Did you ever hear them? You're not old enough. I don't know about it. How old are you? 31, 29, 28? Oh, oh, well, thank you. I'm 31 right now. You, yeah, you might know. So there's a band I called Pretty Boy Floyd. Uh, and they there was another band opening for them called Something. Uh, and they got in a fight with the second band that was opening. So the, the second band that was opening for... Pretty Boy Floyd changed their name to Ugly Kid Joe. Oh, yeah. And Ugly okay. Kid Joe actually got more famous than Pretty Boy Floyd. <laughs> so Lose Together, you know, my 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 uh, my organization Lose Together might still have a chance of, of becoming big. <laughs> I like it. I like so, it. I'm in. So if somebody so, – so I hear that this box is your space and maybe we can sort of get somewhere um, – from having to spend our time together, if philanthropic causes or, you know, doing something economic, but give, you know, the Tom's shoes, give away his shoes. And, and there's all kinds of ways people try and plaster on, yeah. uh, you know, especially since Tom came out with that or the, the eyeglass company, you know, ship one to Africa kind of thing. I don't mean to be dismissive of it, but sure. it's kind of a plaster on Silicon Valley, San Francisco trend, you know, buy a washing machine. We'll, we'll, you know, send a washing machine to Central America. But a, a lot of that stuff does feel like hipster, want to do good, staple on, do gooderism in order to advance your consumerism and your .com. But you sure. guys are pure play, which I love. Right, which is you know you've got the lottery. A percentage of the lottery does go to services, does go to humanitarian things. It trickle down to your community. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you would tell somebody who is trying to grow their company in a way that they could? And I know you know Peter Diamandis mm -hmm. and and Tony and you know uh, other guys who are very philanthropically oriented. How can you attach your, I know this is off topic from lottery.com, but I think your perspective on this would be amazing. How can you attach your desire to help people to your commercial enterprise that doesn't seem cheesy, stapled on, you know, a hipster in vogue cliche and is real yeah. and authentic? Yeah, well, I, I think it, it's, it starts with whatever the company's actually doing. Like, I, I, I do believe in just, you know, 
um, and just uh, it starts even in hiring, right? Is like you you have to have a, a real um, mission that benefits the world. I, I don't think you can start a new company and then expect it to be huge now without having some way to to give back and to make the world a better place and whatever that means in your in your actual space. Um, you're just not going to you're not going to attract great talent, right? So because um, younger generations, they they for sure they want to work for a company that is doing actual good in the world. Like and and you know, I just I, want to point out to people that the yeah. founder of Lottery.com is now lecturing you on doing good in the world. I just want to point out where <laughs> we've arrived right. to through the course yeah. of this conversation, <laughs> but authentically and for real. Yeah. But I don't want you to feel like you're in some kind of a twilight zone time warp. Uh, <laughs> but that's really happening. So. Yes, please. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, you, you have to do that. Like, you know, like uh, we named it wintogether.org because in the, if you go back and look at like the launch festival in, in 2015, look at that video, Win Together is one of our absolute core tenants, which means um, nobody has to lose for us to win, right? It's not a zero sum game in, in, in yeah. capitalism against companies, but just in, in the world is like, we can all win. And the way that we do that is just figuring out ways to, to work together. Right. And so like that's how we treated every partner and every, you know, uh, state or country that we've talked to is like, how do we make a deal that makes us all happy and that's beneficial to everybody so that we all feel like we've won? Nobody has to lose. And then at the, the deepest root is like, how can we actually help people? Um, so, you know, like one in the, in the lottery space uh, is just that uh, I'll say stage one or version one is to just increase sales. So there's there's more money coming to the state, which you know, uh, essentially comes to usually the education department or veterans, et cetera. Um, you know, version two of that is to bring more transparency to where those that money goes so we have better accountability to it. And then, you know, version three is really how can we run our own games that are direct impact for whatever cause that we're talking about, like Arbor Day or, um, you know, UNICEF or World Food Program, and to sort of have more direct impact on a, a global scale, but that's also completely transparent. Because I, I think what what happens a lot is people play or they donate to charitable sweepstakes, and then they they get fatigue, right? Is they they don't see what is actually happening with their you know their their money or their dollar or their donation, and eventually they sort of stop playing. And the way to do that is just be you know very legit, very transparent about the, here's where your money went, here's what it did, here's the lives that it affected, and here's how it made the world a little bit better than it was yesterday. Man, I. I just, in, in the minute or two I have left with you, I, I like to point out things about my guests that they may not know about themselves. So w one thing about you is we came on this show, we have a big audience and big distribution. I didn't tell you what to say. I didn't say, don't come on and, and oh, matter of fact, I said, you know, let's promote lottery.com and tell us about the company and get people interested. And, you know, here's a you could come on and be in as pitchy and commercial and salesy as you want. And, and where do you go? You go, you end up doing none of that and end up on um, um, philanthropy, cause base and helping people. So that's very interesting to me. Thank you. Open agenda, sure. be as pitchy as you want. Let's just go to where you feel comfortable and where you feel comfortable is helping people giving to community, having the money go down to making an impact and making sure that people want to come and have uh, an impact and help others. So that's fascinating to me. That's where you ended up 
on your own. That's where your natural gravitational pull is. So I think that's interesting. Second thing about you that strikes me is uh, you do, w- when you say you're a good pitchman, uh, one thing that you do is you don't have any ums or ah. Uh, like my brain just flickers and I go um, and it's just like the lights, it's like an earthquake. The lights just shut down and I have to reboot <laughs> and it's just an um or an ah uh, or, or nothing I can do. My editing guys have to like spend hours taking all we have special software that looks for ums 181 wow. ums uh, were found and the software goes and takes those all, all out to make me sound. but you uh, if you listen to smart list jason bateman and, and the podcast and everything those guys are professional actors and comedians and they have what you have or you have what they have there's no um or ah uh, you just have these little ticks that when your mind is thinking and you don't have that, you just have a very natural tick and there's no, um, we never have a sense that your brain is shutting down and it's just very smooth and flowing. And there, and, and you cover over your arms with a couple very natural ticks that are pleasing to listen to. And the overall effect is you're smooth, you know, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Yeah. You're very smooth, well-spoken, articulate, and your thoughts are organized in your head, and we're getting a window into organized information. It's very beautiful to listen to you talk and describe things. So that's 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 a second. Well, thank thing. you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate that. And uh, and and yeah, thank you for coming on the show and making me look bad. I'm, you know, but, or maybe, maybe just because I'm on the show, you know, and I make you look better because <laughs> things that you're so good at, you know, we're bad at. But thank I, you it's, so much for having me on. Please write more books. Uh, I, I've loved both of them. And I, honestly, like they have totally informed how I tell stories. And it, uh, anyways, it's incredible, and I and I love what you're doing, and it's it's so important, right? Is I I and just even in, in a bigger aspect outside of business is just um, learn how to tell stories because that is the yeah. way to communicate whatever you're doing in life, right? Like tell stories and get really good at telling stories because that's that's just the the way that people understand things, and so I, I love everything you're doing and want to be part of it, and uh, please keep doing it. Thank you, Tony, and I do appreciate you moving our focus towards away from just pure entrepreneurialism, pure capital, pure technology, and also incorporating that we have to bring the people less fortunate than ourselves along with our fortunate circumstances. Thank you for highlighting that. Very few people do, and uh, I deeply appreciate it. Uh, Thank you. I appreciate you. Keep doing it, man.